You're listening to The Big Bible Read, an initiative of the Pulse and the Word radio stations. For Bible study resources and to join a community of other Bible readers, visit BigBibleRead.com. Chapter 36. So Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person in whom the Lord has put skill and ability to know how to do all the work for the service of the sanctuary are to do the work according to all that the Lord has commanded. Moses summoned Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person in whom the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him to volunteer to do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to do the work for the service of the sanctuary, and they still continued to bring him a freewill offering each morning. So all the skilled people who were doing all the work on the sanctuary came from the work that they were doing and told Moses, The people are bringing much more than is needed for the completion of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. Moses instructed them to take his message throughout the camp, saying, Let no man or woman do any more work for the offering for the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing any more. Now the materials were more than enough for them to do all the work. All the skilled among those who were doing the work made the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twisted linen and blue and purple and scarlet yarn. They were made with cherubim that were the work of an artistic designer. The length of one curtain was 42 feet and the width of one curtain was 6 feet, the same size for each of the curtains. He joined five of the curtains to one another and the other five curtains he joined to one another. He made loops of blue material along the edge of the end curtain in the first set. He did the same along the edge of the end curtain in the second set. He made 50 loops on the first curtain, and he made 50 loops on the end curtain that was in the second set, with the loops opposite one another. He made 50 gold clasps and joined the curtains together to one another with the clasps so that the tabernacle was a unit. He made curtains of goat's hair for a tent over the tabernacle. He made 11 curtains. The length of one curtain was 45 feet, and the width of one curtain was 6 feet, one size for all 11 curtains. He joined five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves. He made 50 loops along the edge of the end curtain in the first set and 50 loops along the edge of the curtain that joined the second set. He made 50 bronze clasps to join the tent together so that it might be a unit. He made a covering for the tent out of the ramskins dyed red and over that a covering of fine leather. He made the frames for the tabernacle of acacia wood as uprights. The length of each frame was 15 feet. The width of each frame was two and a quarter feet, with two projections per frame parallel one to another. He made all the frames of the tabernacle in this way. So he made frames for the tabernacle, 20 frames for the south side. He made 40 silver bases under the 20 frames, two bases under the first frame for its first two projections, and likewise two bases under the next frame for its two projections, And for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, he made 20 frames and their 40 silver bases, two bases under the first frame and two bases under the next frame. And for the back of the tabernacle on the west, he made six frames. He made two frames for the corners of the tabernacle on the back. At the two corners, they were doubled at the lower end and finished together at the top in one ring. So he did for both. So there were eight frames and their silver bases, 16 bases, two bases under each frame. He made bars of acacia wood, five for the frames on one side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames on the second side of the tabernacle and five bars for the frames of the tabernacle for the back side on the west. He made the middle bar to reach from end to end in the center of the frames. 
He overlaid the frames with gold and made their rings of gold to provide places for the bars, and he overlaid the bars with gold. He made the special curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine twisted linen. He made it with cherubim, the work of an artistic designer. He made for it four posts of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, with gold hooks, and he cast for them four silver bases. He made a hanging for the entrance of the tent of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine twisted linen, the work of an embroiderer, and its five posts and their hooks. He overlaid their tops and their bands with gold, but their five bases were bronze. Bezalel made the Ark of Acacia wood. Its length was 45 inches, its width 27 inches, and its height 27 inches. He overlaid it with pure gold, inside and out, and he made a surrounding border of gold for it. He cast four gold rings for it that he put on its four feet, with two rings on one side and two rings on the other side. He made poles of acacia wood, overlaid them with gold, and put the poles into the rings on the sides of the ark in order to carry the ark. He made an atonement lid of pure gold. Its length was 45 inches, and its width was 27 inches. He made two cherubim of gold. He made them of hammered metal on the two ends of the atonement lid, one cherub on one end and one cherub on the other end. He made the cherubim from the atonement lid on its two ends. The cherubim were spreading their wings upward, overshadowing the atonement lid with their wings. The cherubim faced each other, looking toward the atonement lid. Bezalel made the table of acacia wood. Its length was 36 inches, its width 18 inches, and its height 27 inches. He overlaid it with pure gold, and he made a surrounding border of gold for it. He made a surrounding frame for it about three inches wide, and he made a surrounding border of gold for its frame. He cast four gold rings for it and attached the rings at the four corners where its four legs were. The rings were close to the frame to provide places for the poles to carry the table. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold to carry the table. He made the vessels which were on the table out of pure gold, its plates, its ladles, its pitchers, and its bowls to be used in pouring out offerings. Bezalel made the lampstand of pure gold. He made the lampstand of hammered metal. Its base and its shaft, its cups, its buds, and its blossoms were from the same piece. Six branches were extending from its sides, three branches of the lampstand from one side of it, and three branches of the lampstand from the other side of it. Three cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms were on the first branch, and three cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms were on the next branch, and the same for the six branches that were extending from the lampstand. On the lampstand, there were four cups shaped like almond flowers with buds and blossoms, with a bud under the first two branches from it, and a bud under the next two branches from it, and a bud under the third two branches from it, according to the six branches that extended from it. Their buds and their branches were of one piece. All of it was one hammered piece of pure gold. He made it seven lamps, its trimmers, and its trays of pure gold. He made the lampstand and all its accessories with 75 pounds of pure gold. Bezalel made the incense altar of acacia wood. Its length was 18 inches and its width 18 inches, a square, and its height was 36 inches. Its horns were of one piece with it. He overlaid it with pure gold, its top, its four walls, and its horns, and he made a surrounding border of gold for it. He also made two gold rings for it under its border, on its two sides, on opposite sides, as places for poles to carry it with. He made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. He made the sacred anointing oil and the pure fragrant incense, the work of a perfumer.
Matthew chapter 26. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he told his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people met together in the palace of the high priest, who was named Caiaphas. They planned to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, so that there won't be a riot among the people. Now while Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of expensive perfumed oil, and she poured it on his head as he was at the table. When the disciples saw this, they became indignant and said, Why this waste? It could have been sold at high price and the money given to the poor. When Jesus learned of this, he said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a good service for me, for you will always have the poor with you but you will not always have me. When she poured this oil on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me to betray him into your hands? So they set out thirty silver coins for him. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray him. Now, on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My time is near. I will observe the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had instructed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he took his place at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They became greatly distressed, and each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. He answered, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go as it is written about him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for him if he had never been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus replied, You have said it yourself. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And after taking the cup and giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood, the blood of the covenant, that is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, from now on, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, This night you will all fall away because of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter said to him, If they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, I tell you the truth. On this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will never deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Then Jesus went to them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he became anguished and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved, even to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he threw himself down with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. 
Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away, unless I drink it, your will must be done. He came again and found them sleeping. They could not keep their eyes open. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is approaching, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is approaching. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent by the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. Then they came and took hold of Jesus and arrested him. But one of those with Jesus grabbed his sword, drew it out, and struck the high priest's slave, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back in its place, for all who take hold of the sword will die by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call on my father, and that he would send me more than twelve legions of angels right now? How then would the scriptures that say, It must happen this way, be fulfilled? At that moment, Jesus said to the crowd, Have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me, like you would an outlaw? Day after day I sat teaching in the temple courts, yet you did not arrest me. But this has happened so that the scriptures of the prophets will be fulfilled. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Now the ones who had arrested Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, in whose house the experts in the law and the elders had gathered. But Peter was following him from a distance, all the way to the high priest's courtyard. After going in, he sat with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were trying to find false testimony against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find anything, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This man said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. So the high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is this that they are testifying against you? But Jesus was silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You have said it yourself. But I tell you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and declared, He has blasphemed. Why do we still need witnesses? Now you have heard the blasphemy. What is your verdict? They answered, He is guilty and deserves death. Then they spat in his face and struck him with their fists, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy for us, you Christ, who hit you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A slave girl came to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it in front of them all. I don't know what you're talking about. When he went out to the gateway, another slave girl saw him and said to the people there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. He denied it again with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, those standing there came up to Peter and said, You really are one of them too. Even your accent gives you away. At that, he began to curse, and he swore with an oath, I do not know the man. At that moment, a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered what Jesus had said. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly.
Psalm 37 by David. Do not fret when wicked men seem to succeed. Do not envy evildoers, for they will quickly dry up like grass and wither away like plants. Trust in the Lord and do what is right. Settle in the land and maintain your integrity. Then you will take delight in the Lord and he will answer your prayers. Commit your future to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act on your behalf. He will vindicate you in broad daylight and publicly defend your just cause. Wait patiently for the Lord. Wait confidently for him. Do not fret over the apparent success of a sinner, a man who carries out wicked schemes. Do not be angry and frustrated. Do not fret. That only leads to trouble. Wicked men will be wiped out, but those who rely on the Lord are the ones who will possess the land. Evil men will soon disappear. You will stare at the spot where they once were, but they will be gone. But the oppressed will possess the land and enjoy great prosperity. Evil men plot against the godly and viciously attack them. The Lord laughs in disgust at them, for he knows that their day is coming. Evil men draw their swords and prepare their bows to bring down the oppressed and needy and to slaughter those who are godly. Their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. The little bit that a godly man owns is better than the wealth of many evil men, for evil men will lose their power, but the Lord sustains the godly. The Lord watches over the innocent day by day and they possess a permanent inheritance. They will not be ashamed when hard times come. When famine comes, they will have enough to eat. But evil men will die. The Lord's enemies will be incinerated. They will go up in smoke. Evil men borrow but do not repay their debt. But the godly show compassion and are generous. Surely those favored by the Lord will possess the land, but those rejected by him will be wiped out. The Lord grants success to the one whose behavior he finds commendable. Even if he trips, he will not fall headlong, for the Lord holds his hand. I was once young, now I am old. I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children forced to search for food. All day long they show compassion and lend to others, and their children are blessed. Turn away from evil, do what is right. Then you will enjoy lasting security. For the Lord promotes justice, and he never abandons his faithful followers. They are permanently secure, but the children of the wicked are wiped out. The godly will possess the land and will dwell in it permanently. The godly speak wise words and promote justice. The law of their God controls their thinking. Their feet do not slip. The wicked set an ambush for the godly and try to kill them. But the Lord does not surrender the godly or allow them to be condemned in a court of law. Rely on the Lord. Obey his commands. Then he will permit you to possess the land. You will see the demise of the wicked. I have seen ruthless, wicked people growing in influence like a green tree grows in its native soil. But then one passes by and suddenly they have disappeared. I looked for them, but they could not be found. Take note of the one who has integrity. Observe the upright, for the one who promotes peace has a future. Sinful rebels are totally destroyed. The wicked have no future, but the Lord delivers the godly. He protects them in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and rescues them. He rescues them from the wicked and delivers them, for they seek his protection. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, netbible.com. Copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>